This is a podcast from Rover. Oh, welcome to the show. He's one of our personal favourites, an absolute champion in and around the conservation and hunting community. Uh, he does more for our uh, native flora and fauna than anybody will ever give him credit for. So that is what we are here to do as Dutch Rudder. And welcome to the show, <laughs> Willie, Do- Willie Dooley. How are you? Kia ora, fellas. How are you doing? I'm, I'm pretty good. Hey, yeah, this is pretty Might exciting. The at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna crack straight into that. So if you haven't seen the show NZ Hunter Adventures, for the most part, you you go hunting with the old boy. You uh, record it. When you look back on season one, like there's a mate. You guys have massively improved, haven't you? Like in terms of uh, how you present to camera, how you shoot the whole thing. It's pretty impressive. But um, in all seriousness, your old boy's based in the Hawke's Bay. You're based in Christchurch. You're okay. Uh, your parents got absolutely flogged. Yeah, you know, it's pretty unfortunate, really. They're in Pukitapu, which is one of the heavily hit areas right on the edge of the Tutakuri River. And in my life, I grew up there, spent, you know, 20-odd years there. I've never seen it breach the stock bank, and it came out. It's hammered, taken pretty well 90% of the orchard, which was their income, and it's got into the lower stories of their houses. I mean, luckily, they're all still alive. They've currently got, I think, 14 neighbours bunkering down with them. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool community. But, yeah, just they don't know where to from here. They've got two metres of silt over everything. So, yeah. Um, but we edited the show out of there for a long time and just thanking the heavens we've got the computers down on the South Island now. Otherwise, there would be no show. So. Well, does it look yeah. like, um, I know you're pretty handy, does it look like you're going to be smacking on an extra couple of rooms to your place there and uh, you're going to get yourself a, a little um, great time veil happening at your place? <laughs> I can't get rid of the old man. He's always down here anyway hunting, so um, that's another excuse. But no, they've got a, in all seriousness, they've got a massive clean-up on their hands ahead. Um, but it was pretty cool. I went to the, the local country primary school there and the first people to offer to help to drop off generators were my old day one mates you know from five years of age who haven't seen in years so um yeah that's the power of those rural communities um they stick together and help each other out but hey, yeah, we, we'll be right there's a lot a lot of people worse off than us so the um this kind of it brings probably quite a valid time to be having the conversation is that they do it everywhere we had a chat to our old mate from blood origins uh who's, who's also a rooster but overseas and everywhere overseas, they do this thing called hunting for the homeless. And I'm not saying that everybody's homeless, but there are a large number of people that have been displaced from their houses, don't have access to, you know, like protein-rich um, sources of food. And what a great time to maybe have a look at the way that we uh, have the laws in and around how we share food around in this country. There is a lot of food out on the hills that could really go to some much-needed stomachs. Um, wow, thoughts, feelings, emotions. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's been pretty heartening even since the flooding. There's been numerous people um, up in Gisborne and Danny Verb that are encouraging hunters to drop off meat. They're processing it so they can donate the meat. They can't sell it. But, you know, hunters are getting together and helping out communities, which is just a no-brainer. But, yeah, pretty cool to see some people doing that. Let's chat about this <laughs> yeah. season, season nine. Uh, what can we expect from the first episode? Oh, it's a bit of a unbelievable episode without giving too much away Aye. you might be able to guess the, the species we're hunting there unbelievable <laughs> uh no it's pretty cool we um we set off on a sort of epic west coast adventure um on foot as per normal and uh we've got an alpinist along peter kamal who's 
yeah, he at that stage he had climbed 23 of the 24 1,000 meter peaks, and he had his last peak to grab, which was La Perouse, um, over 3,000 meters, of course. And yeah, approaching it from the west coast, it's about five days to get in there. Um, I won't spoil it, but I will give away that I get discarded like a spare part about halfway up the mountain. So um, oh, there's a bit of hunting along the way too. Jeepers creepers. Um, for those people that don't know, and if I'm reading between the lines, I mean, you've done a lot of work over the last um, couple of years in and around uh, how the, the tar population is managed. And, and uh, when you're up in the hills this time, did you see those numbers? Uh, did you see the effect of the heli hunting that went on, the mass culls that were going on? What are the stock numbers looking like in terms of um, managing them? And did you see any of those little flowers that everyone was harping on about that they were trying to protect that no one's ever seen and no one's walked near? <laughs> well, in there, things are looking good. Um, numbers are pretty low. Uh, we definitely didn't see too many. The vegetation was healthy. I mean, that's the first thing you look at is is the vegetation good and then the condition of the animals. Um, so, yeah, they, there probably were too too many numbers in some of those places we went through because it's a wilderness. There's no fly-in zones there. Um, but it's at a pretty sweet spot at the moment. And, yeah, a certain bull that unbelievable that was harvested along the way is probably the proof of the pudding. It's, uh, it's pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just there's no one-size it's all rule there some places there is too many largely in the bush country um but in that open stuff um and now you know credit to the department of conservation they're working really closely with the game animal council and the hunting community and we're giving them suggestions of where the numbers are high and they're going and targeting that uh either with helicopters on on the ground with colors so um yeah it's looking good and it's just a lot more constructive now so um yeah, it would have been nice to get to this stage from the start, but we're here now. We're moving forward. So, good stuff. How many k's are you putting on on the hoof yourself when you get into those places? If you're not flying in, what are you carrying? What sort of weight? Um, and and if you're not only just walking riverbeds and walking through bush, and then you're having to scale up mountains, you've got to bring basically a Swiss Army knife on your back. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's it. As you, you're trying to minimise weight as much as possible and i'm already having it heading and heavy i'm a washed up 40 player i'm i'm 100 kilos to start with and then you know we try to get the packs down near 20 kilos but uh 25 kilos to 30 kilos is pretty realistic um yeah and then it's because everything's on your back you got your sleeping gear all your food um and then you add hunting gear so you know rifles spotting scopes binos and then for us we've got camera gear on top so you know a couple of cameras tripods batteries for 10 days yeah it's uh it's pretty sobering those pack weights but um yeah definitely it's uh, the best diet to lose weight is go hunting for 10 days with a heavy pack because i definitely um yeah shed a few kilos what's what's the even uh, what's the most amount of days in a row that you've gone hunting and haven't uh seen or shot anything (laughs) um well a 10-day adventure is pretty typical for us yeah um we're quite well known for running out of food because uh, it's always that judgment call. You're going, oh, we'll just take seven days. And then, of course, on day seven, you see that at once in a lifetime animal and then you're put to the sword and you're hanging out there and you're <laughs> cutting your muesli bar in thirds and sharing your backcountry. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, 10 days is pretty typical. I think we've done a 15-day trip once um, <sighs> through Fjordland a few years ago. But um, 
it's pretty cool because the, the longer you're in there the more you immerse yourself you just become one with the hillsides and the animals and yeah it's a bit of a culture shock coming back into civilization <laughs> do you uh when, when you are starting to get a little bit lower do you start looking at other things that you wouldn't normally uh sort of put in front of this uh put the uh, barrel in front of like a I know maybe a wicker starts looking rather tasty, or <laughs> it's probably illegal. You, Jay. you start you start just shooting <laughs> shooting trout in the stream, <laughs> trying to tickle an eel out from under the bank. Uh, well, because we film it, we've got to be um, pretty pretty careful about what we uh, what we shoot and do, of course. But uh, there was mention on this episode. We actually cut this piece out because we thought it wasn't um, really TV worthy, but. The bull tar, one of the bull tar that gets shot is quite old and someone compares it to eating your granddad. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about, I think it was a 12-year-old tar comparing it to your 90-year-old granddad. Um, And we thought, I don't know if eating eating your granddad's going to run on TV, so we cut cut that bit out. Man, 12 years old. That's And so obviously you measure they've got horns um, where you can almost count the rings on them, isn't it? That you can see the growth um, rings just like a tree. Yeah, so every winter when the feed's at their leaves or they're eating their leaves, they get a, a little growth ring on their horn. And that it's pretty cool because simple game management is you're looking for those older animals that have done the breeding, you know, they're on the way out. And so we're looking, you know, we're looking over heaps of tar and, you know, you're trying to get something, you're talking inches between a, an okay one and a really good trophy. And then you're trying to count those little growth rings that are stacked up and looking for those really old granddaddies. And that's what's so cool about the West Coast is it's so remote. We bumped into this tar on that trip. Uh, we got within about five metres of it. It's never seen a human before, 100%. Um, oh, yeah, just those encounters are, are pretty cool. Hey, well, uh, as always, mate, we appreciate what you do. Thank you for um, thank you for taking us out into the backcountry um, and to you know showing us bits of New Zealand that we would more than likely never ever see, uh, let alone drag thirty kilos of um, pack out with us as well. We'd be me and Dunk would be done. We'd be absolutely toast. I definitely would be. Yeah, uh, you work with some you work with some incredible brands that um, sort of help you and support you through these amazing adventures that you go on. Uh, one of those being uh, Lower, which is the, the hunting boots that you've got. And uh, little Birdie tells me that you've uh, got a pair for us to give away with a set of um, Thorlos um, socks as well. Yeah, I managed to wrangle a pair of the new Lower High Country Evos. Um, pretty cool prize. I think they're worth about $800 retail. And uh, yeah, the Lower Tibets that most hunters will know, they're probably the most popular hunting boot in New Zealand, I'd say. Um, they've got a bigger rubber rand, so perfect for running around your mountains and the rocky scree country. Um, and I've worn them on a few trips now. Pretty impressed. So, um, yeah, we've got that. And, of course, the Thorlo socks look after your feet. Um, so, yeah, how, how are you boys giving those away? Well, if you just text HUNTER, H-U-N-T-E-R, to 3520, we'll not only bounce you back the link where you can check out the NZ Hunter Adventures website, but also all the details on where you can catch the show 8.30 this Sunday on Duke. That's it. Enjoy it, folks. And, of course, open offer. If you boys ever want to come along on a trip, when's it happening? Did you do, any, Mate, do, do anything on the back of a motorbike? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, any, anything live on the flats? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we, we have to. We need to block a weekend out yeah. and, uh, and go and bang something. It'll be bloody good fun. Willie, mate, we appreciate you for uh, coming on the show as always. You're you're an absolute beast and um, yeah, keep up the good work and we're looking forward to the rest of the season. Legends, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. 
Blimey, that's a right kerfuffle, innit? The Jay and Dunk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>